Heavenly Father, as we get into your word this morning, um, we know that you and you alone are worthy of our trust. You're worthy of our worship. And so, Lord, uh, be with me this morning. Be with all of us that everything that we do the, this worship service will bring glory to you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. So we've been talking about the last week and then this week about what would it be like to live as if God owned everything. And last week we focused on treasures, whereas today we're going to look more at talent and uh, our time. Okay, so we're going to get into that. If you want to take your scriptures, you can turn over to Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to kind of go through that here in just a minute. And uh, we're going to talk again about how important those areas are in our life. Trust is at the heartbeat of everything we're going to get into this morning. Trust. Remember, I heard a really tragic story the other day that I think is a pretty good reminder of trust. Uh, there was a, a couple uh, I shared with you last week that, <clears throat> that uh, Marie and I have been married 35 years. And here's the coolest thing. After first service, I met a couple that said, we've been married 35 years. And I said, when did you get married? And it was the exact same date Marie and I got married. Isn't that awesome? And so, um, so anyway, we've been married 35, but this couple had been married 45 years, retired. They moved to Phoenix. They had two kids, two adult kids. And so it's about this time of year, and the dad calls his son in New York City, and he said, son, I know uh, you're getting ready for Thanksgiving, but I, I want to share some pretty sad news. Uh, your mother and I, we're not getting along at all. And we've actually talked about divorce, but uh, I don't want to talk about it, so they hung up. So the, the son calls his sister, the older sister in Chicago, and she said, oh, my land, this is bad. Mom and dad are not getting along. Matter of fact, uh, they've talked about divorce. She said, I'm not having that. So she calls home. She gets a hold of dad. She goes, uh, that is nonsense. We'll have none of that. Matter of fact, we're hopping on a plane in two days. We will all be there for Thanksgiving. You understand, dad? He goes, well, all right. He gets off the phone. He smiles. He goes in the room. Goes up to his wife and he said, got good news. The kids are coming home for Thanksgiving and they're paying for the plane tickets. <laughs> who do you trust? I mean, really, seriously. Well, that's what we're going to talk about, who you can trust. Job 15.31 says, let him not deceive himself by trusting what is worthless, for he will get nothing in return. Isaiah 26.3 says, you will keep perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. And then I love this, 1 Timothy 1.15. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves fullest acceptance. Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Trust. Matter of fact, I call this coins and cash, but... Uh, uh, my kids, it's interesting, my son Caleb, my daughter Danielle, and her husband are all right now baristas at a coffee bars. And they said, Dad, you'd be surprised how few people even carry cash at all. Uh, but if you look at your cash, and also if you look on your coins, you'll notice there's a little description, and it says, in God we trust. Isn't that interesting? So I did a little digging. And actually, that was implemented in 1864 as uh, the Civil War was winding up. They developed a two-cent coin, and they put on that coin, In God We Trust. In 1908, all the coins had that inscription. And then uh, Dwight Eisenhower, President Eisenhower, and the Congress passed a bill in 1957 that 
that would go on all of the currency in God we trust. But I think that's interesting, isn't it? You know, we look at our money and we'd say, in God we trust. But too many times we're actually trusting our money and our possessions. Uh, we, we trust our, our lives. We trust others. And so seldom do we truly trust God. And that's what today is all about. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this. In fact, let's read this together. Uh, over the years when I ask people their favorite scripture, this verse these couple of verses, they come up all the time. So let's read together. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. So here's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to take that word trust and we're just going to walk through it. Now, I'm not big on acronym preaching, but this one is pretty good. And the reason it's pretty good it's not mine. Okay, John Maxwell actually came up with this, and I tweaked it. Uh, I think you'll see it's better than John Maxwell's. But anyway, <laughs> hopefully you'll just remember. And I think on the way out, Amy actually has trust bookmarkers for you, just as a reminder of who we can truly trust. The T is simply this, take inventory. Proverbs 3, 1 through 4. My son, do not forget. I love that. Do not forget my teaching. Keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong you life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them. You might want to highlight that. Write them on the tablet of your heart, and then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. It's as if Solomon said, listen up. This is what matters in life. And then write these things down. In other words, take inventory. Now, last week we talked about with your finances, taking inventory means to actually look at your budget. And I shared that 60% of all Americans don't even have a will. So taking inventory is looking at, at times, the brutal truth and saying, I can do better. Now, how do we take inventory with our time and our talents? That's what we're going to get into today. So I want to share with you, when I came out of Bible college, and there was a guy who was a senior when I was a freshman. So when I came out of Bible college, he's a few years older than me, and he'd been in ministry a little bit longer. And uh, he said, man, John, I am learning a lot about ministry, and uh, I want you to write these things down. And I'm like, I don't need to write it down. He goes, no, you know, I went to school with you. You might want to write these things down. He said, if you do these two things, people will trust you. And I said, okay. And he goes, okay, you're going to write them down? I'm like, oh, my land, get off my back. Okay, so here's what it was. Do what you say you're going to do. Be where you say you're going to be. That's it. It can't be that simple. You know what? It is that simple. You want people to trust you? Do what you say you're going to do. And what? Be where you say you're going to be. We all have learned through the years, wisdom, just like that. Another way to take inventory is to share your goals with other friends. So let me give you an example. I've done this with different groups over the years, but I did this with our men Wednesday night, and uh, I was really proud of them. So, you know, there's a scripture, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and what? Soul. So I said, look at 2020, <clears throat> and let's set some goals for 2020. How can you grow with your mind? 
Now write that down. The guy started writing down, you know, what can you do to grow your soul? What can you do to take steps? And then last of all, physically, what can you do? Where do you want to be physically in 2020? And the guys all wrote them down, and then they put them in envelopes. They wrote their address on it, and I said, now, I'm going to mail this back to you July of 2020, and let's just see how we're doing. Now, you can do that with your friends. There may be some family members, but sometimes we just need friends or somebody just hold us accountable to take inventory. We set goals like crazy, but wouldn't it be great that you would receive the goals back in a few months and go, oh, wow, I'm doing all right, or I'm not doing well at all. But you got to start somewhere. R is recognize God as your guiding star, or I would say your north star. You know, it's interesting. I did a little research on the north star, and it's at the axis of the earth. It's pointed directly to it, and during the night, the north star barely moves, but the other stars circle around it. The north star has actually been called the anchor of the northern sky, a sky marker. It is a symbol of hope that gives us absolute direction. What's our North Star? Well, we just read it. Do not lean on your own understanding. Let God be the one you trust. That's our North Star. We believe that with all our hearts. So as we go into the Thanksgiving season, I thought it would be important to have a little crowd participation. So are you, are you guys willing to step up and participate? Okay, I'm just going to be honest. First service, a little more enthusiastic. Okay, so I expect you to pick it up. Okay, so uh, this is written, and this minister is awesome. If you go on YouTube, some of his messages are there. Dr. S.M. Lockridge is his name. And he actually has a famous sermon called, That's My King. And if you can listen to that and not stir your blood, seriously. It is so powerful. But this one I love, is it's just simply called, You Can Trust Him. So whenever you hear the phrase, you can trust him, I need a hearty amen. All right? How many here came from a spirit-led church? Raise your hand. Good. Uh, two. So we're going to have some problems today. So, okay, so on the, on the count of three, you can trust him. Amen. Okay, not bad. Okay, here we go. Ready? He can satisfy all your needs, and he can do it simultaneously. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tired. He sympathizes and he sees. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the leper. He forgives the sinners. He discharges the debtors. He deceives, not deceives, he delivers the captives. He defends the people. He blesses the young. He rewards the age. He beautifies the meek. I'm trying to tell you, church, you can trust him. Amen. Not bad, okay. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the path of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway to glory. I'm telling you, church, you can trust him. Here we go. He's the master of the mighty. He's the captor of conquerors. He's the head of heroes. He's the leader of legislators. He's the overseers of the overcomers. He's the governor of governors. He's the prince of peace. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. I'm telling you, church, you can trust him. Let's pray and go home. All right? And we need to be, I read that and it just stirred my blood because I'm like, here's the deal. We can trust God. I mean, at the end of the day, isn't that awesome 
that you can trust God because, listen, we've all lived in a broken world. Uh, we've had people that we loved, that we trusted, and they let us down. We've worked for organizations that we trusted, and they let us down. Uh, we love our nation, but do you always trust the politicians? <laughs> That's an amen. I mean, we... <laughs> We live in a broken world, and so we need to understand the power of recognizing that our guiding star is Jesus Christ. God is worthy of our trust. You is simply understand God's word and God's will and God's ways for us. I love Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. It le its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Oh, the power of God's word. Mark Twain said this, Most people are bothered by the passages of Scripture they don't understand, but it's the passages that I do understand that bother me. We make it harder than it is. God really truly wants us to just get in his word. You know, I've heard it said there's only two things that live forever, our souls and God's word. So we need to take that very seriously and realize we can trust his word. The yes is simply this, surrender everything to God. Not just your treasure, your time, and your talents. So let's talk about time. A few weeks ago, uh, Tom Ellsworth uh, shared from this scripture that I'm going to share from Ecclesiastes 3. And it's interesting because Ecclesiastes 3 is written by Solomon, who also wrote that beautiful text we read out of Proverbs. And Tom was sharing his next steps and the change that's coming in his life and his ministry, 40 years at Sherwood Oaks. But have you ever looked at Ecclesiastes 3, and it says there's a time for everything? And it goes on to say, birth, death, planting, uprooting, to kill, to heal, tear down, build up, laugh, cry, mourn, to dance. If you saw the movie Footloose, you know that's true. To scatter, to come together. It's a time to embrace, to search, give up, throw away. A time to be silent, speak up time to love, hate, a time for war and peace. It's obvious time matters. So I got out my phone and I crunched some numbers because I thought, time, and how would that apply to the church? How would that apply to us here on the west side? So I took how many hours we all have in a week, which is 168, and I deducted, if you work full time, 40 hours, and then I deducted your eight hours of sleep, seven days a week. That gives you 76 hours. What if you tithed that to the church and rounded down? Just 76, not 76.6, but just 76 divided, seven hours. If we all gave and volunteered seven hours a week here on the west side since September 1st, we've been averaging 417. You ready for this? That means we would have 
2,919 volunteer hours every week. Do you think that would change our community? Now, I know some people are going to go, you're counting babies. And what's a baby going to do? Okay, take the babies out. I don't mean take them out. I mean just <laughs> remove the hours, okay? And let's just cut it in half. That's nearly 1,500 hours. If you cut that in half, can you imagine what 1,500 hours if we all work together? I mean, we'd have to change everything. You know, all of our ministry teams would be overflowing. Heather would be like, John, I've got like seven bands. I've got seven worship teams. And the, you'd have more biscuits and gravy than you can eat. You know, I mean, you go, and then you go, wait a minute. You know, we could do this in the community, and we could invest in that. And you know what? That's exactly what God means. He said, when the church gets together, it's not just your treasures. It's your time. And then it's your talent. It's your attitude to move forward. One of the things I love about the logo at Sherwood Oaks, honestly, it's just the color. Because I have a color that I love that I think applies to the church. And it comes straight out of Matthew 28, 18. It says, go. You know what my color is? Green. Lean and green. Um, Marie and I, our quickest way where we live on county line, on Owen County line, to get to Sherwood Oaks East, and we've tried so many different, GPS still sends us the bypass around IU and around where the new hospital is going to be. 17 lights, okay? Not that I'm counting. (laughs) So my favorite color when I'm driving is your favorite color, is green. It's the same thing in the church. And I've seen a lot of green here, I'll just be honest. I could go on and on, but I... I think of Chris and Sandy Porter. I think of the countless hours that they've spent, uh, not just serving, but encouraging others through letters and emails. I think of Brad Crow, who will mow a yard for anyone at any time. I think of Vivian Powell's peanut butter fudge, Greg Anderson's hugs. I think of Randy and Mary and Tom, the trifecta of AM goodness, who provide the coffee and sweets. Jan Johnson, who does not go in the nursery because it's a job. It's because those are her babies. And she loves her babies. And I think about our staff who always talk about we can do more, we can do better, we can do whatever it takes beyond Sunday. And I look at what we've done over the past few years, worshiping at the fairgrounds, the backyard VBX, Night to Shine, the Habitat Build, the 911 ministry. The best is yet to come. I'm telling you, folks, the best is yet to come. As long as we strive to be lean and green. We got to go. If I have a fault, I'll be the first one to admit my favorite word is yes. If you approach me with a ministry idea, I barely will let you finish your sentence. Yes, we can do that. John, it'll cost several thousand dollars. I'll get back to you. I mean, whatever it takes, though, we got to say, God, move me. I want to trust you to the point I'm giving you my, here it is, my time. And Lord, I'm giving you my talents. Last week, I loved it. Claudia, not she didn't plead, but she said, I, I, I want to share an urgent need to reach the, the youngest generation, Generation uh, X. Is it X? Z. Whatever the number. Okay. But when she challenged us, 20 of you immediately signed up. To, and I went in to see the signups today to do all kinds of things to help out our young people. That's what it's going to take. It's how we make a difference.
It's stepping out and saying, Lord, use my time and use my talents. And I want to conclude with this, and that is trust God's promises. Look at Proverbs 3, and from verses 4 and 5, drop down to verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with your first fruits of all your crops, and then your barns will be filled to overflowing. Your vats will brim over with new wine. In the message it says, Honor God with everything you own. Give him the first and the best. Your barns will burst and your wine vats will brim over. You just need to do it God's way. And he will bless you beyond imagination. Now, I will tell you what bothers me over the years. I've seen, especially TV ministers, they will take this scripture and they will promise you, if you only do this, God will bless you financially, which means they want a new car. I mean, it drives me nuts. Like, they promise you. Okay, when it says your life will be blown away, God may bless you financially. But you know what? I can tell you from serving the Lord all these years, many a times it's not money that comes my way. Uh, But there are so many other blessings. I mean, I've had the front row seat to work with some of the greatest people, including so many of you. I can't, I'm, I can't even tell you the blessings. I see sacrificially what people have done. I've seen what the church collectively can do. And I have been blessed so much. And as we go into this season, we need to realize, we truly do need to realize, we are blessed, aren't we? We really are blessed And our barns are overflowing. This was years ago. uh, At the time, Mitch Daniels was the governor, and he was with a group of elementary kids. And at that time, there was a huge lotto in Indiana. And he asked the kids, what would you do if you won the lotto? And, of course, they had a ton of ideas. And he paused and said, here's what you don't realize. You've already won the lotto. If you go to other countries around the world, you live in a great country. You live in a great state. And you know what? He's absolutely right. And I'll tell you one step further is when you've given your life to Jesus Christ, you hit the jackpot. Because you're talking about eternity with Jesus Christ. Can you put a price tag on that? Absolutely not. When I was a kid, I grew up in a little bitty Church of Christ. And um, uh, there was a song this time of year we sang going into Thanksgiving. We'd sing it, and some of you that are of my age know it, and it's Count Your Blessings. Anybody know that old song? Count your blessings, name them one by one. That's the only part I know. Okay. And so I, I wanted to know, man, who wrote that song? You know, that's such a catchy little tune. I was surprised that it wasn't the Beatles, but I'll tell you who it was. His name was Young Johnson. He wrote it in 1897. What's interesting is, When Young Johnson was growing up, his dad was a brilliant singer, but he wasn't. So he really was beginning to wonder, how can I use my talent? Because my dad is so good musically. And in college, he realized it wasn't singing he was gifted at. He was gifted at writing hymns. He actually wrote over 5,000 hymns. Now, there's a guy that figured out that he could allow his talent to be blessed and let God take over. 
Haven't we all been there in our lives? If we're not careful, we look around and we say, I wish I had so-and-so's gift. How many of you have ever sat here during worship and thought, I wish I could, wish I could sing like Heather? You ever wish like? Or you'll sit back and you'll see somebody else do something, you'll go, man, I wish I could do that. You know, I was razzing the first service, but some of you know this, some of you don't. But, you know, my brother-in-law is Tom Ellsworth, okay? Tom Ellsworth. Okay, so you know what I mean? <laughs> So uh, we used to laugh, you know, can you only, we'd have our big family vacations and we'd split up like who's going to do the message. I'm like, uh, you know, my mother-in-law is probably like, John, why don't you do something? You know I mean? So anyway, we all have somebody that we look at and go, oh my God, I wish I could do that. Okay. You, you should just step back and say, God, I'm not going to compare myself to anybody. I just want you to know I'm so blessed going in this year, no matter what you're going through right now, you may think, don't you dare say, I'm blessed. I'm telling you, if Jesus Christ is a part of your picture, you're blessed. I just want to close with Matthew 28. When you look at the Great Commission, did you ever look at the bookends? The first is go. I love the fact that Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, uh, it's all about movement. It's about making something happen. You got to go. But then I love how he concludes the Great Commission. In the King James, you know what it says? Lo, I am with you, what? Always. It's the greatest blessing ever. No matter where you're at, no matter how low you've been, no matter how high you've been, no matter where you're at right now, he's in this place. He's with us. Thank you for watching this message from Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. Did you know you can view any message from the past six years at socc.org messages? You can also view complete worship services from the past month at socc.tv.